AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child, to acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Welcome to We Knows Parenting. I'm Beth Newell, and with me is my little husband, Peter <laughs> McNerney. Hi. Oh, uh, that was not cute. I'm Peter McNerney. <laughs> God forbid you be cute. Put I'm your, never cute. I'm a, I'm put a your man. Spectacled voice back on. We are your hosts to talk about kids. And. Parenting. We had a, a pretty busy week here. I'd say so. Number one, numero uno, Halloween. Oh, you think that's the biggest thing that happened this week? <sighs> I don't know. There's so much. Um, I think of one thing that's bigger than Halloween. What? Oh, we have a new nephew. Ding, 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 ding. Boo, boo, boo. Oh. Guests of the pod. My little brother, Sam. Sister-in-law, Raysa. They had their the baby. The star of the show, Raysa. Raysa. The, the life creator herself. Birthed a baby. Um, Early. Beautiful boy. Let's we, not give all of his details, social security away. I know you uh, are so tempted to do that. His social security may or may not be number, number, number. I know you are on your way to listing his full name and street address. And... Um, um, we FaceTimed with him tonight. You did? Yeah, are you jealous? <sighs> what did he say? He said... Mm, he wait. said, I'm a, a baby that was born early, and I'm so tiny, and I'm swimming in my onesie, and I'm in my car seat, and I'm dead asleep, but I still look exactly like your little brother, oh, Sam. Man, that baby has no idea how hard I'm going to sniff his head. <laughs> 
I'm gonna I... sniff your head, baby. <laughs> oh God, they're so tiny. It's a, such a little baby. Oh my God. Um. I don't. Yeah, I can't even process that right now. The baby is home. Everyone's healthy. Uh, races family a lot of fam her mom just got in town from bosnia um we're staying away because there's a lot of people around they're recovering yeah we're not we're not integral to the recovery we would definitely just be (laughs) a distraction from taking care of the baby there's plenty going on but boy i want to go i know i want to see the baby but i also just want i want raisa to sleep to sleep a real sleep (sighs) The sleep of human beings where multiple hours pass. Um, Like I just accidentally did before this recording. I fell asleep. You did. And you woke up like you. It was as if. You had a real moment, like a spiritual experience when you fell asleep in the bed and then I left you to relax for a second. And then I walked back in and you. You woke up like a toddler wakes up from a nap. You were like, (laughs) you were like arching your back and like getting into, you were like standing on your feet practically. You were like, what is sleep? Like you were so, you were just drooling. I was drooling a lot. (laughs) You had a really abrupt. I was panicked because I didn't plan to fall asleep. Yeah. It was scary. You never cease to milk one of those moments for its full dramatic potential. See, you've always accused me of being overly dramatic in, when I like. But you're like, it's just my something. way. It's just my but way. But you've you've been around Bryn, our kids, right? Yeah, who learned it from you? I that's just how his face works. How what he thinks and feels. Is just uh, on no. his face, and it's that's how mimicking. I am. He's mimicking his examples, which include on a you. genetic level. He is. This mm. is how we are, baby. No, we're expressive. It's nurture, baby. Hey, this expressiveness <laughs> has, is has, has pays pays our bills. I'm making faces. Can you see it? Oh, there you go, showing off your Uh, money-making sounds. uh, Look at this mug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in the spirit of mimicry, our kids have rewatched the Charlie Brown Halloween movie called uh, Something About the Great Pumpkin. Um, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Yeah, they've rewatched it a couple times now, and they've mm-hmm. picked up some bizarre slang from the 1950s or 60s. And so last night, there is, there's been a lot of, like, fighting and bickering between them lately. For any and all reasons. Yeah, and so <laughs> they kept... <laughs> I would overhear them talking, and they'd be like, if you don't do this... I'm going to pound you. And they kept they kept threatening We're to, pound, to you? pound each other. Like maybe they would both do it seriously. And he, Bryn would be like, well, if you do that, I'm going to pound you. And then, and they, they clearly don't a hundred percent know what pound means. <laughs> they were like talking it out and they were like, they, they clearly are like, they, they know it's like a threat. But then 
and you were like, it's hashtag idiots. They like they really a lot of the slang from this movie has resonated with them. They've been saying rats a lot. They're like rats. I, and then I encourage rats. Yeah, rats is fine. And then they're saying, um, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes, which are not opening. Oh they're, my god. Okay, they're saying oh, so Bryn was kept saying, he's like you've got to stop that, you blockhead. And like every <laughs> sentence he said would be punctuated by blockhead, but he clearly thought it was like a funny thing to say, so he'd kind of laugh. And it honestly, it would kind of lighten the mood of all of his confrontations because he's been very dramatically confrontational lately. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, you're a bad mommy. If you don't do this, you're not going to be able to watch TV this weekend. It's all threats. And, and he's like, he's tur- he's using our language on us. Um, oh my God, can I tell you the argument that we had in the car today? Please. He was uh, something about uh, butts and farts. He's like, Daddy, teachers, some of the teachers said, thought it was really funny when I talked about farts. And I wasn't fully listening, but then I tuned in. And I was like, wait, you're, you're, so you think your your teachers like it when you talk about butts and farts? And he's like, yeah, most of them. <laughs> I'm like, I find that hard to believe. He's probably right. And then he go, and then he goes, Yeah, um, my teacher said to not ask her about it. <laughs> I go, Well, you know, parent teacher conferences are coming up. I'm gonna ask her about it. And he goes, No. They said the rules are you're not allowed to ask. If you ask, the police will come get you and put you in jail. Oh and so then I just was goading him on. And I was like, <laughs> it's not against the law. It's against the rules. There's a difference. Well, he, goes, it's he, the, he goes, school has laws. Daddy, school has laws. You can't ask. I'm like, well, I'm going to ask. You go to jail. I'm like, well, then I'll go to jail, but I'm going to ask. He threatened. And he started getting so upset. And then finally he goes, um, don't ask. Um, okay. They don't like farts and butts. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> And I said, I know. They don't like it. I'm like, tell the truth. He goes, okay. Oh, I, there's a whole, there's another story I was going to tell you. But first, I'm going to tell you that he threatened to call the police on me this weekend. Yeah. And I said, well, what if I call the police on you? Oh, good. And he said, kids can't go to jail. And <laughs> I did tell him that. And then he repeated this outside because our neighbor, who is almost exactly Bryn's age, was walking up the stairs with him coming in from outside. And he was like... They were like just talking about some fantasy nonsense five year old stuff where they were like, and then he'll go to jail and die. And then, and they're like just like trying to say like the craziest things they can think of. And then and, they'll put his butt in jail. And Bryn was like, kids can't go to jail. Like, this is this is new. <laughs> this is his uh, theme song. Kids can't go to jail. Kids can't uh, go to jail. <laughs> I tried it hard, but they wouldn't let me in. Now kids can't go to jail. Which, according according to his version of events, he has tried. He pulled the fire alarm and they threatened to put him in jail at school. <laughs> that um, is when I told him because he said that he lied to the police. I don't even know if he talked to the police, but I told him he should not lie to the police and that he goes, I didn't want to go to jail. And I said, they won't put you in jail. They're not going to put a little kid in jail. So, okay. So now he's bragging about how kids going to go to jail. Here's one of the major stories over our weekend, which I haven't told you, is that they, I got 
home. So Sunday morning, I realized that Bryn didn't have skating, and I had a very scant couple of hours to escape and try to do the mountains of work I have to do. Mm-hmm. And I came home a little frazzled, and my children were very stir-crazy from being inside all day, and the house was a disaster, and they both were too edgy to get dressed in any sort of logical rational way Uh they're both the most difficult people ever um and when i would step away from them a second to like clear my head and like put things away they would like come immediately try to undo what i'm doing or start fights with each other or just like be horrible so i kept having to pull them apart and like try to calm one down while the other one was like creating pure chaos and then i was with maven and Bryn was in the kitchen and I was trying to get her dressed. And she was, like, continually naked but, like, putting on mittens because I was trying to put the mittens away. You know, like, just, like, <laughs> annoying. And she – so then I I calm her down. I get her to, like, finally start picking out real clothes. I'm like, I have to get you guys out of this apartment or you're going to murder me in my sleep. <laughs> and then Bryn – I go walk into the kitchen. Bryn's standing on the counter trying to do something he's not supposed to do. And he spots me, startles, and not fully standing on the counter, falls off the counter onto the ground, rolls on his side, slams his head into the ground, has like a big bruise. And then he starts pulling a U, which is like wandering around the apartment, crying to himself, like recovering, and then just like doing gentle sobs, like circles around the room. Wow. You know, sometimes people actually feel what they feel and their face is showing what they actually feel. I did think that's what he felt, but he was like, (laughs) I I would be comforting him and then he'd wander away and then he would just like... It, there, it was just he told me this story lightly and he and he told me this bump it's not better tonight he goes it's not better it won't be better for 50 days <laughs> that's how long the uh, uh, this bump takes to get better well it just it happened on the tail of just like so many many examples of me telling them to not do things that were going to hurt them or bother them and just them both ignoring me and so i was at that point as a parent where you're kind of like you see go bump your head you (laughs) idiot (laughs) but like i was kind of like i i don't want to like rub it in while he's crying but there's points where he was like recovered and i was like do you understand why you should listen to me when i'm telling you not to do dangerous things and like it's just Really? Yeah, you try to find those moments because you, you, you. It's not good to do that. Like when he's too emotional and you're upset, and it's the like, you see, right? He's he's not going to absorb anything, but right. to, but to calm him down, be on his side, and then find those little moments to go. Do you see where this started? Uh, yeah. So he can recognize it next time, so he can brag about it to daddy later. Brag about what? A uh, bump in his head. <laughs> He's real proud. It was really such a dramatic fall. We didn't um, even talk about Halloween. I was working that night. You were working. This is the first Halloween I ever missed. I took the kids around the co-op buildings. It was good because we, not especially now that Bryn is in kindergarten, he has 
like three friends who live in our co-op building community. So yeah, they're actually now friends for the first time for real. Yeah, they're like really becoming friends. Instead of just being kids that are they've seen before. I was actually when I was walking in yesterday, and we happened to run into our neighbor across the hall, her son that I was just talking about. They, (laughs) Bryn was like, "Hey, um, I'm really excited to uh, go back to school tomorrow." Like he was, this he's just talking about like Monday at school, and he was like gonna be so cool we're gonna get to see each other and this other mom was like i'm so glad that they like school (laughs) they do like school except every day when i pick them up again they're so tired and then they just lie to your face and they're like everything was bad today i hate everyone i'm never doing anything ever again (laughs) did Bryn go to nature class this week was he supposed to i didn't ask him about it but Theoretically, he, he did not go to cooking class. That's good. Um, but he was very weirdly. So daylight savings has happened, mm-hmm. as you may recall. And that means uh, in the morning when I take them super early to the car, the sun was up, whereas it was not up the week before. Brendan may have noticed. Oh, that's interesting. When I picked him up, it was dark where it was not last week. And Bryn thought that was incredible. It's dark. And it was super dark when you pick him up at five. And he goes, Daddy, do me a favor and tell Maven when we go pick her up that you love picking me up when the sun is down. (laughs) And I go, okay, sounds great. Then we picked up Maven, and of course I forgot about it because it was a very weird request. Request, and then Bren really got upset because you didn't tell her. I go, what? You didn't tell her about the secret? I had no idea what he's talking about. And then finally he had to like whisper to me. He goes, "Do you love picking me up in the dark?" And he was like on the verge of tears. And then I told, I go, "Hey Maven, you know I love picking up Bren in the dark." And Bren just started laughing hysterically (laughs) mission accomplished they both keep getting caught up in some incredibly dumb logic where they'll like start arguing with each other and then they both lost the thread that but they just keep responding to each other and they're like just trying to win they're like no octopuses don't do that and like mavis (laughs) like in tears and that they're just like i don't dream of octopus i don't yeah it's just fun it's fun, fun <laughs> arguments we're having. I've, I'm learning the to just not engage. Bryn goes, I'm gonna make up new rules, okay? Whoever I eeny meeny miny mo, they're gonna be the winner. Yeah. Uh, well, Bryn uh, is classic you. He's like, oh yeah, we can do this as long as I'm in charge and I tell you <laughs> that I get to have all the best stuff. Yep. Um. Last thing I'll talk about it tomorrow slash today when this episode comes out is election day. And I explained to Bryn what an election is. And he understood it. And I used it, for example, our town, because I found there was a flyer for um, a candidate running for mayor. So I kept talking about, you know, as an example, running for mayor. And he goes, are people going to vote for you, Daddy? 
I'm like, well, probably not. He's like, why? You should be mayor. I want you to be mayor. I will vote for you. And wow, I explained, like I was like, dream come true. I was like, well, Bryn, if I, if I am the mayor, I can't be a story pirate anymore. So I'd have to quit that job and I'd have to run the town. And he goes, daddy, I still want you to be mayor. <laughs> So uh, wow. please, Strong if you're um, please vote for Peter tomorrow, write in write candidate, in candidate local. Peter McNerney in whatever local election um, or state. <laughs> yeah, he'll take any city or town. Yeah, I'll run mayor. it if I'm eligible and I have the majority of the votes. This reminds me run of your town. another weird thing our kids have gleaned from this Charlie Brown movie is that they 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 like go off in corners and they're talking to themselves sometimes, and the and Maven will be like. You sign the contract, and then like what? they'll they'll just parrot things that they've heard on TV, where you're like, you don't know what that means. What do you? <laughs> yeah, it just makes you realize how many things you know, but you 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 don't know when you actually <laughs> actually understood what it was, but you've known it. You know when you oh something, one of those things where. Uh, you've never stopped and actually thought about what the words themselves mean because it's just a phrase or something you've known your whole life. Are you going somewhere with this? <laughs> no. End of segment. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
And now it's time for my headphone cable to get tangled. And what? now it's time for a segment called uh, <laughs> Did You Knows? This is where we share something we learned that's parenting related. Beth, my love, what do you got? <laughs> Thank you, my love. Um, okay, so I just wanted to share this blog post that um, some moms I know were sharing around this week. And I'll be honest, I did not research this heavily, so I don't have a lot of context to give it. But it's from a website called gramseabrook.com, and it's a blog post from this woman who is a mom coach and it says an open letter to straight married dads from a mom coach. Mm. And she starts it by asking, why are you here? Are you here to raise your family in partnership with someone you love? And then she goes on and sort of asks these dads a series of questions like, who is your child's pediatrician, dentist, optometrist? What are the names of your kids two best friends? And sort of like, how many times a week does laundry need to be done in your house, et cetera? And just sort of, she sort of questions the usefulness of heterosexual male partners in a way that um, I don't necessarily think applies to you 100%, but I think I it was take very quiz. relevant. I think was resonating very hard with women in different mom groups I'm in. Um, um. But she, uh, oh, let me get to the end here. She says, uh, parenting is not a spectator sport and far too many of the mothers I coach tell me how much easier it is when their partners aren't home because at least then there's no expectation that this time he'll do something to lift the load. If what you bring to your household is a paycheck, then why are you there? You don't have to live there to support them financially. Are you coming home, dumping your feelings about your day on your partner, sitting down to a table to eat and then moving on with your night? You just missed about a million steps, my dude. <laughs> and honestly, I'm done. I'm over it. And I've had it up to here with meeting brilliant caring, thoughtful mothers who are working to heal their traumas, to give their children happy and healthy childhoods, and who keep running into a brick wall of husbands or partners who think that simply because they're doing more than their dads did, they're heroes. 100% more than 5% is only 10%. Parenting is complicated, exhausting, labor-intensive, logical, emotional, mental work. Holding on to your personhood as a mother in today's world is all of that and more. So, dads, my question is, why are you here? And the, she goes on. Anyway. Um, I just started reading this article as you were sharing it. Um, and You should... Obviously, everyone's... Uh, situation is is different but just starting to read these questions uh um really makes its point quite clearly what, can i read some of these questions yeah go for it um okay so yeah this is a good thing to ask yourself what are the names of the people who care for and or teach your children what what are their school policies how long does your kid need to be fever free before they can go back to school who is your child's pediatrician? Where are they located? What is their What are their hours? What is their phone number? Does your child like them? Dentist, optometrist. What are the names of your two your kids' two best friends? What are their parents' names? What size of clothes and shoes do your kids wear? Where Where do you usually buy them? Where are your kids? Wor what are your kids worried about right now? What are they excited about? What are they scared of? What do they want most? Who do they love? Um. How many yeah. times a week does laundry need to be done? This, it, it's, you know, the childcare is not always uh, shared equally amongst parents. And that's part of the deal that different 
couples make in terms of who's working and who's not. But by reading this list of questions, I thought was a really uh, simple, brilliant way of painting a picture of what um, a person is doing all day to take care of children. You know what I mean? And also I wanted to take that quiz because I could answer every single one of those questions. Every single one of them. Well, they don't have optometrists, but every single one. You can quiz me if you want. I don't know if you, like, I don't know if you would get 100% on this quiz. Ask me. I don't know if you would get 100% on this quiz. That's true. But, I like, you, okay, how many loads of laundry need to be done per week? Need to? I mean, if we're doing it right, we do. See, like, this is we the thing. It. Whenever like a mental load thing comes up that you're unaware of, you, you like heterosexual men try to paint a picture of women as being like obsessive about it for knowing what what needs to get done. Like, if you're accumulating a certain amount of laundry, per well, week, let me finish. It needs to get done at some point. Like, sure, the- sure. <laughs> but I mean, if if. If we're doing it as much as like a part of a nice regular routine, it's like four times a week. But you could wait a little longer and do two overly big loads. Okay, but like this is how you are with like baths and a lot of things where it's like, fine, I'll let it slide because you're more on top of other day-to-day things. But like the thing is, it's like the the weeks where I'm not a hundred percent on top of it. It's like I go to meet our kid at his school on Halloween and he's in a costume getting sweaty. And I'm like, this kid smells. This is a stinky kid because <laughs> you know, I'm the only parent who is paying attention to how much this kid smells. Oh, I'm paying attention. I, I don't, I hate, I hate baths and I hate laundry. You I, hate baths. I hate bath time. I don't know why I gave them a bath tonight because boy, they were stinky. I did it, but I, you're right. I do. But also like, you know, I think we, we have, we have those things for you. It's trash and dishes. I do more of those and yours is laundry and baths. And we both make an effort on the opposite ones that we don't do as much. Okay. But, but you put dishes in the dishwasher. I heard them into the kitchen from your desk and the living room and the bedroom. <laughs> Mm. And the well, table. I I think we're 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 definitely we're definitely equal, but you have pointed out the things that I'm weakest at. Okay, but I don't take out the trash. That's one thing I don't do. That you literally never do. But that's fine. I know that, and I take pride. I'm the I'm the trash guy. I'm really good at it. I'm great at separating recycling. Wow! Congratulations. Um. Yeah, um, but yeah. This I think th- the difference is when, as a woman, I think I'm much more likely to know the areas where I'm weaker in, whereas I think you yes. believe that the areas that you're not doing are either not important or not happening. It's You're it, just completely like <laughs> I, dissociated from. Uh, because I have learned... So many things. I've become aware of so many things that I was blind to before. I one, I'm like, oh, I I see so much more than I ever did before. So I accept the idea that there will always be something else that I just can't see right now. That's why everyone should always 
if you feel like you're doing 70%, you're hope you're maybe doing 50. Um, I subscribe to that more than I ever have uh, before. But I think the thing that's great about this blog post is exactly that, is you read all those questions and you're suddenly shedding light on things that you just might not be thinking about. You look at all the work that's going on that's that you're aware of and you go, oh, I'm crushing it. I'm doing all this stuff. But read this super long list of all these little details and then it's it's like it just shines lights on these areas you didn't even know were there maybe. Uh, and even if... Th- uh, your duties within a couple are distributed differently uh, and it's not doing the exact same things. Being aware of what your partner is doing is the, is incredibly healthy. Incredibly healthy. Um, yeah. I just think... I know that you're doing a lot of day-to-day stuff. I just still think there's like big picture stuff that I f- feel like feel obligated to be tuned into that I don't think you always are. And I'm not saying I'm shouldering all of that, but like like for example, this weekend, like when I left the kids with you to do work and stuff, I feel like you were at your computer most of the time while they were just getting more and more stir crazy. And then when I get home, I have to like clean and deal with them and make sure they get outside and make sure laundry is done for the weekend. And then like realize that Bryn's shoes are falling apart and he needs new sneakers. And like, there's just like all those little things that you're like, okay, it's the weekend. I have to make the most of it and like make sure this things are running smoothly going into the week. Like, I don't. I'm not like you do do a lot of stuff. So I'm not saying you do nothing, obviously, but there is is stuff like that where I'm just like, I don't always know how bad these things would get without you realizing. Yeah. Well, those, those are great examples of where, you know, the shoe falls apart and then I'm like, well, time to get new shoes. And you're looking ahead on those things. I know that I am better at, but there's also little and like quality may, of life things where I'm like, I, I'm not saying I'm a hero, but like every day I make sure that like the blinds and sh- like sh- curtains are opened in our home so we get natural light coming in the way human beings are meant to live. I, I you know, the only, what? the only reason I open the curtains is cause I'm like, Oh, Beth will come in here and not want to see this. <laughs> yeah, I do it for you if I do it at all. But yeah, but where I am stronger, where I am better is that like, I'm going to pay all of our bills. I'm going to take the car in. I'm going to make sure the doctor uh, appointments like, are made. Your, lo- your way of interacting with it is f- so funny to me because like you, like, you know the doctor's name. You know where he is. You know when the doctor yearly appointment needs to happen. If our kids were getting sick, I don't know that you would be like, oh, maybe they should stay home or maybe I should call the doctor and ask about this or you like, what are you talking about? That's what I do. That's my job. When they're sick. Yeah. Who takes them to urgent care every time it takes them to doctor? I've got, 
I'm the one who saved an old doctor's note on my computer so I can I'm not, edit it. I'm not talking about when you try to drop them off at daycare and then daycare rejects them and says these kids are too sick. You need to go get a doctor. I know. You're talking about a me that doesn't exist a- anymore. No, because you... What I, are the school sick policies, Beth? What are the school sick policies? Yes. When can you take your kids back to school? I know how it is for daycare. It's usually 24 hours without a fever. That's not what it is at daycare. Okay. <laughs> what is it? It's much stricter than that. That is what it is for school. You can't take them back unless if it's been 24 hours since they've thrown up or had a fever. And in daycare, it's you could never take them back ever until they've had 12 doctor's appointments. and uh, 12 doctor's appointments? Until they've had a second opinion. And okay, so you are reinforcing my point, which is that you know when people are forcing you to take your kids to the doctor. I know what the policy I'm this talking, is. This is a good I'm point. Ta- I'm talking about you know the policy. You know the names. I'm talking about I, I intuitively am the, I am the one who will wake up in the morning, look at my kids and say, this is a kid who cannot go to school today. You are right. You know what? You're 100% right. I I will find I'm like how do I just how do I just get through this moment? <laughs> it, it's fine. It's fine. To a fault, but boy, I know all the details, I know all the factors, I know all the rules, I know where we're going. I just uh, I'm not not so worried. <laughs> I'm not as worried as maybe I should be. Okay. Well, I, um, I think we compliment each other well. Yeah, um, I kn- I'm not saying those things are not valuable. I'm just saying I just that that's not the whole picture. Yes, I of agree. what needs to get done. I Someone agree. needs to sniff the air and be like, "This apartment is rancid. These children are rancid." Someone needs to sniff a butt <laughs> and realize that butt needs a tub. <laughs> you know what? You were had a very smart idea and this illustrates your point I think well is that you texted me or something about them needing to take a bath and you said we also need to clean out those cupboards so why don't you take one of those bath bombs to get them to get into the tub you know what Bryn wouldn't get in the tub and I threw a bath bomb in there and he then he wanted to get in the tub yeah and that's you because big picture I'm like okay dear lord I have to renovate this bathroom I'm going to have to take that cabinet out of the bathroom. I have to do X, Y, Z, 10 million other things. That cabinet needs to be cleaned out. There's a bunch of bath bombs in there for some reason. I all, my kid needs to bathe. My, my brain is like a serial killer's wall map (laughs) of like trying to keep my children alive. Uh, (laughs) And my brain is I'm I'm just looking at the current pin on the wall map and then I go, ooh, there's a red string. And I just start following the red string. I go, there's another push pin. I'm going to follow this red string. You're, you're like a boomer who just figured out how to drop a pin on Google Maps. Oh, take that, boomers. Uh, yeah, I need, I do, I definitely need to step back um, away from my corkboard in my dimly lit garage to take a look at the big map and not just look at the push pins. <laughs> it's a shockingly good metaphor. <laughs> oh boy, this has been. Did you know? We 
went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now it's time for Listeners Wanna Knows. So, last week, um, a listener wrote in asking for recommendations of books where sort of gender roles were reversed. Specifically, she mentioned wanting uh, stories about basically girls who misbehave um, uh, and boys who carry the emotional labor. And we were we gave short on recommendations. Not very good recommendations, but luckily you guys wrote in with some you more. delivered. Um, so one, uh, one message I got from an, in, an Instagram message says, um, they recommended the book called Marlene Marlene, the Queen of Mean. She says, it's a library book my daughter brought home about a girl who is a, the bully. If a female instead of a male bully doesn't break gender stereotype, maybe I don't understand the concept. <laughs> That's what she... <laughs> I think she understood the concept. I think she understood the concept. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> that's great. I got, uh, I got a bunch right here. Um, someone wrote in, this is from Della. She said, listen to your podcast where a listener asked about some good books for challenging traditional gender roles. And, um, she cited a list that she found from the New York times. My kid is only, only 20 months old, so I can't speak for everything on the list, but I checked out a bunch and my little one, uh, and myself really enjoyed them. My faves were Franny's father is a feminist, shows a little girl who likes to be a messy and dirty sometimes, and her dad who takes on some of the traditional women's roles, and Teddy's favorite toy about a little boy who loves a doll and his pretty superhero-esque mom. My kiddo's faves were Shark Lady, uh, 
Maybe he just liked the sharks. And <laughs> Julian is a mermaid. Oh, we just got Julian yeah. as a mermaid. Which I read this last night. I have to say, the illustrations in this book, as someone who is an illustration major who for two semesters took children's book illustration classes, the illustrations in Julian is a mermaid are incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, and they also beautiful. sort of, they reference like the Brooklyn Mermaid Parade. So it felt... I don't know. It feels very reminiscent of my college experience in a way that warmed my heart. Um, but it's it's really beautiful. I will say in terms of reading it, there's pages without words. So you do have to kind of like explain what's happening on the page. Well, you know what I did? What? Is um, normally I do that. I explain everything. I over explain. Yeah. You love to never stop talking. I love to explain. <laughs> but I didn't. I just... Turn the, page, turn the page and I sat there quietly and I let them absorb each page and I saw them really looking and listening and thinking until they started chiming up about things. Well, I will say what's cool about this book is like we've talked on the podcast sort of about like books that deal with sex and gender and different issues and uh, one of my pet peeves about the, those type of like progressive books is sometimes you get ones that are too didactic or like like trying to force lessons down your throat too literally. Yeah. And that the beautiful thing about Julian is a mermaid, which has no words on some pages is like, you're watching this young boy sort of like fall in love with these mermaids and then sort of put on this costume. And it's very ambiguous as to this kid's gender representation or sexuality or whatever, but it's just this kid, it's this kid's joy well, for those, mermaids like it's yeah, great in his dreaming of himself there's those pages where he's on the train or whatever and he sees these women dressed as mermaids and then you see him thinking and then there's illustration of him step by step morphing into a mermaid and then they see and then he's underwater as this beautiful mermaid with long hair and and they don't spell it out like, oh, this is a boy who wants to be a girl. No, it's not that specific. Uh, uh, it's exactly that. It's just this kid exploring his love of being. Yeah, a there's no, like, there's no lecture to the book. Right. It's beautiful. And you know what's fun, cool is like, um, Bryn has been asked mentioned for a couple months now the idea that he for some reason he wants purple sneakers, mm -hmm. and. Only in the context of the sneaker discussion does, does he claim that his favorite color is purple, in my yeah, experience. he's but never said that before. No, but so it's like, I don't really know if that's true or he's just saying that. But then I talked about getting him a new pair of sneakers because his are falling apart. And then he said again that he wanted purple sneakers. So we went to the toy store in town that sells sneakers, which was closed. And then we went across the street to this other store and they measured his feet, which was cool. And then we looked at the sneakers on the wall. And there was some purpley sneakers, but they were clearly girls where they were like pinky, purple, whatever. And I was like, it was one of those weird things where you're like, well, I want to get him what he wants, but I want to make sure he really wants it yeah. and he's going to be comfortable wearing it. And so he pointed at one that was like, I, it was just a really pale purple where I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is really what you want, but I was like, I'm going to support this. So I asked them to look for the size and then I took, I like took him down and I was like, I just wanted to be real because I don't want to pay for a pair of sneakers he's not going to wear. Yeah. I was like, okay, Bryn, if you like these sneakers, I will get them for you. But I just want you to know 
if you wear these to school, some kids might th- call them girly. And I just want to make sure you're still going to want to wear them, even if people say that. And he said, yeah. And then they went to get the sneakers and then they didn't have his size in that pair of sneakers. And then he got really bored <laughs> of being in the sneaker store and we left. And I was like, well, now I know his sneaker size. I'm going to order him other purple sneakers. Yeah. So I got him some purple high tops that feel p- fairly gender ambiguous to me (laughs) but I was like not that it really matters what he wanted but I don't actually don't think from past experience that he's like super comfortable with other kids commenting (laughs) on on his appearance I mean Um, what kids are yeah Um, and well it's just I I don't know it's more I think what I am sensitive to for some weird reason is like I I I, it's some, it's like an aesthetic thing. And again, I went to art school. I love all the colors. There's something about when things get like glittery and girly where I it doesn't appeal to me personally. And then it feels, I don't know. I just, so how do you feel about my, your, my own hang up. Um, I have that too, but I figured it was, it was some sort of gendered thing in my brain. I don't know. But until Maven who's like, I love glittery pink. I love her love of it. Yeah. Because it is so deep and true. Whereas Bryn one day saying, I love purple. I'm like, since when? I like her love of it, but I just think there's something in my brain that loves like uh, saturated colors, which is kind of like not, I don't like like pale pastel, like, I want like a bold version of the color. Every apartment we've lived in, the colors on the walls have gotten more pastel because we've you've we've started bold, and they've yeah. just come down a bit. But we still have bold colors, and I love yeah. it, and I love you. Oh, thank this you. email goes on. <laughs> you guys discuss gender a lot, which I really appreciate. A book I read a while back was quite interesting. Parenting Beyond Pink and Blue. Wow, just like what we're talking about. Have you read it? Nope. I thought it was fascinating. Some takeaways for me were, one, how often we say things that subconsciously enforce gender grouping. The book quotes studies that talk about how kids will strongly identify with any group they are put in, and we as adults constantly categorize boys and girls in our language. I'm a teacher, so this was very applicable to me. Things like, Girls come here, etc. Also language like, wow, you're getting to be such a big boy. Why not insert kid instead? Two, the automatic default to he when describing unknown uh, gendered animals. I think about this stuff a lot and have done a lot of things to avoid gender stereotypes for my kiddos. For example, um, or uh, as IE, we found out the gender before birth, but didn't tell anyone so that any gift we received wouldn't be gendered. Try that. Everyone hates you for it. (laughs) I was shocked when I realized how often I defaulted to the pronoun he when describing things. Oh, look at that bear. What color is he? What's your your stuffed horse? Can you bring him here? I've tried to be better, but it has been hard. Anyway, the book explains a lot more eloquently than I just did and backs stuff up with research. One last question. Quite aware. Uh, quite a while back, you had a list on the podcast of books for young kids that deal with sexuality, changing bodies. I can't remember which it was. Do you have a written list somewhere, or maybe you can remember which podcast it was? Thanks. I flippin' love your podcast, Adela. I've been thinking about all of those things 
Della, in terms of the the default pronoun of he, specifically for animals, I've noticed it. It's hard to break out of that. We're all programmed to do it. I mean, we're all programmed to do a lot of things. One thing I think me and a lot of people I know lately have been trying to do is stop calling things crazy or insane. Like, it's just really hard to get work. Like, stop using certain words in your vocabulary that you're used to using, you know? Yeah. Um, Working in Story Pirates has, um, has forced me to words like that crazy and insane. I've noticed when I'm telling them bedtime stories at night because we always like kind of come up with an animal or creature or something and then we'll say, you know, we'll start telling a story with that and like my impulse to label it as a male is really strong. Yes, I've, I've, um, for story times we make up stories, I've been trying to default to she. Of course, it doesn't have that much. So at best, I'm I'm going 50-50. Um, at best, at best, but yeah, but it's we're so gonna get hard our numbers up though. It's so hard not to be like, Look, here's my big girl, this is my little girl, my girl. Why can't you say girl? I mean, just the these weird, there are, I do have the thought, I think it's fine to be like, you're such a big boy, but there is something you are separating or. I feel like I'm worried I'm separating our two kids by continuing to define them yeah. by their gender. I, wor- I definitely worry about that. And I do think is like it's worth watching out for like where that creeps into our expectation of their behavior. But I also think there's a lot of moments lately where like especially with Maven, she she's really loving being a girl right now. And I don't want to like take that away from her yeah i want her to if like if that's (laughs) if she continues to identify as a girl like she should love being a girl like why (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like um yeah yeah there's it's really easy to fall into these uh, these sort of absolute isms um when you're trying to do the right thing um well, I think also here's the thing is like, you know, there's nature and nurture and you're never going to create the 100% best conditions for anything. And it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because we're all unique individuals who are made up of a combination of nature and nurture. And what's sort of beautiful about it is, you know, these varying environments we've all lived in and Uh our own weird crock pot of (laughs) identities so like when maven goes to daycare and she's around a lot of little girls and the women who are in the daycare are spanish-speaking women who mostly don't speak much english i do think there is a tendency of them in general to like glorify kind of like girly things yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's rubbed off on Maven a little bit. But yeah. I also think Maven just has a tendency to like those things. So I think she's just, you know, yes, it's reinforcing it a little bit more than maybe necessary. But, like, it's – I think she's enjoying it. She's feeling like she's loving herself. You know what I mean? Like, it's not – Yeah. Um, well, there's this thing. I This actually is applicable to a text exchange I had with my little brother today. 
where I don't know why I was thinking of this, but he he's a behavioral science science writer and neuroscience and uh, and so knows a lot about this stuff. So I texted him. I said, "Is there a word for when people react to learning that something they thought was a hard and fast rule isn't entirely true?" For example, some vaccines have unintended side effects by completely turning on the entire concept. Uh, for example, anti-vaxxers. And then I said, also, how's your baby? He said, good question. Sounds like the version of the base rate fallacy. <laughs> so uh, The fallacy is that people ignore the fact that the vast majorities of vaccines do not have unintended side effects. That's the base rate. And instead focus on a specific piece of information. My point being, a lot of times when people realize, you know, things like, oh, gender norms are create to this negative side effect. And you realize that, oh, there's, there's these negative things to go, let's reject all of it uh, a thousand percent. Um, I, I've, I've realized that a lot of those things, I've gone too far in some respects where I realize like, oh, they're yeah. for some kids like Maven, the, this is naturally what they are drawn to. And there is there is a truth and there is a nuance to gendered norms that they're attached to some real things many times. And it's it's it's, of course, always far more complicated and nuanced than these sort of like absolute stances. Well, and, I think this kind of creeps into like our discussions of privilege sometimes where like you you know, we'll have different people who are privileged for various reasons, race, gender, economics. And like you sometimes, sometimes like people just think of a really funny example. So like sometimes people have a privilege that we all deserve to have, but we don't feel like we deserve to have it because we're so used to not having it. And sometimes people have a privilege that no one should have, but because we're so caught up in this rat race of trying to have what other people are having, we, instead of realizing that no one should be able, allowed to do that, we are mad that we don't have that. Mm-hmm. So like, I would like, I, this, these are kind of weird just conversations I have with like cab drivers and Lyft drivers where I'll feel like we're on the same page of like wanting things to be better for the, the world at large. Mm-hmm. And like, I had a Lyft driver the other day who like this this car drove by us like really erratically and fast on the West side highway and like cut us off and whatever. And I, we both were just like, Oh oh my God, like that's crazy. And I assumed we're both mad because this car could hurt someone and, you know, kill someone. Yeah. And my Lyft driver was like, if I drive like that, I would get pulled over. Like, like he was like, I can't get away with driving like that. Like he was mad that he can't do that. (laughs) And this is like, I think where sometimes we make the conversation much cloudier than it needs to be because when you, when we lose our focus on what's important, which is like, in my mind, like, you know, basic things like everyone should have housing, healthcare, um, a living wage. Like, you know, we get, we get thrown off because we're sort of, we get caught up in these like side discussions of like, well, who's allowed to sleep with their staff and like, you know, like, it's just like, it, I don't know. It just gets off track. Hmm. That's what I'd say. <laughs> I see what you're saying. I was, I was like, uh, during that, I was like, oh, 
oh, are we going this way with it? Like, oh, okay, oh, <laughs> all right, see, all right, I got it. So we are. But I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I don't know. Um, I think we make we we find this like one fault in the system, and then we try to we try to make it broad sweep, sweeping statements about it that should not apply. Yeah, I'm just very <laughs> attracted these days to nuance. Uh, you know, not the internet and the way it's set up a lot of the time where, you know, especially if you're in your, your Twitter bubble or whatever or in Facebook and you're like, look at this thing. This thing is false. Let's reject the entire system instead of going, oh, that is an interesting example. Let's get into the bigger picture, you know, get out of your bubble, read some dry research, learn about it and Go to the boring stuff because that's where things, uh, the the practical Go to world the boring lives. stuff. Read I, the read the raw transcript. Well, there was a really good quote um, from Barack Obama this week where he was sort of talking about like this sort of like woke culture, which I don't even really think he's not really talking about being woke so much as like people who are really reactionary about it. But like he's talking about how like everyone's like looking to call each other out these days yeah. for slipping up or whatever. And he is sort of like, if all you're doing out there is casting stones, then you're not helping. Like you're not, there's so many other things you could do to actually right these wrongs or like try to fight inequality or whatever rather like, I'm, and, and I don't think he is saying like, you can never comment on things, blah, blah, you know, like, right. but if, exactly that's, that. if that's your only focus, like, is to try to make yourself feel important by trying to call other people out, then, like, that's probably not really helping. It's anymore. like having a, again, it's like having a fight on Twitter where you're like, hey, here's a, here's a real thought. And someone's like, you know, in a hundred characters, fuck this. Oh, great. Are we having a conversation? <laughs> Just absolutely bad or absolutely well, good. Yeah, and it's kind of like when there's important stuff happening, like, you know, the presidential election and stuff, which I think in 2020 we should know more than ever is, like, kind of an important thing um, that affects people's lives. If people are going into that discussion and their only perspective is to try to, like, criticize candidates and never put themselves out there and support anyone or any idea or anything... Yeah then you're not helping anyone, you know? <laughs> do, do you, yeah, do you, uh, uh, all right. Were you going to say, do you want to endorse the candidate? <laughs> no, I was going to say, do your homework. Get do your in, homework. Get into the boring stuff. Do your, yeah, get boring. Read the boring articles. Yeah. All right, we're past time. Okay. We have so many more recommendations. We're going to have to do it next week. <laughs> We're, we're going to make a list of all the recommendations for books that you send in. Okay, we're going to prepare. Like, we got we're like prepare next more. time. If you got more, send them in. You guys are great. This has been another episode of We Knows Parenting. If you'd like to write in, send us another recommendation. Uh, ask us a question. Uh, tell us something we don't know. Send us a would you knows hypothetical parenting scenario. You can do so at weknowspod at gmail.com. Or you can call us uh, on our phone number that I'm uh, very quickly looking up. It's 347-384-7396. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at We Knows Pod, and please rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you next time, y'all. Bye. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History.
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.